Hello and welcome to the Millennial Minimalist Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Foss, and together with my co-host, Lauren Morley, our mission is to help you simplify your life and live with greater intention. Together, let's live more with less. Hi everyone, today Lauren and I are talking about how to declutter and organize your spaces so that you can maintain a simple home for the long term. And to lead this conversation, we are joined by recognized professional organizer and KonMari consultant, Michelle Delory. Michelle is a fellow minimalist and Torontonian who helps people tidy their homes using the KonMari method, which is a system of tidying that involves eliminating the things that do not bring you joy. Created by fame organizing consultant, Marie Kondo, Michelle details the KonMari method and she shares her best practices to help you organize your spaces and adopt the necessary habits to maintain them for good. You will learn some valuable tips on how to navigate the decluttering process as well as how to organize some of the most challenging clutter hotspots such as our kitchens and bathrooms. Plus, you will learn about all the great mental benefits that come with keeping your spaces organized. Be inspired to keep a simple and organized home and start reaping the benefits of less clutter, less stress, and more time to focus on the things that matter most to you you. Hi, Michelle. Hi, guys. Nice to meet you. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. Good morning. So you are a professional organizer and KonMari consultant, and you help people declutter and organize their homes and adopt daily mindful practices so that they can maintain organized spaces. Plus, you offer the virtual KonMari coaching sessions to teach people how to keep their spaces tidy using the KonMari method, which for those who don't know, is a way of tidying up created by famed organizers consultant Marie Kondo. Everybody knows Marie Kondo. Uh, so now before we go into it, your insights, Michelle, I'm curious uh, about your simple living story. How did you begin to adopt a minimalist lifestyle or what areas of excess did you work on first? Yeah, so back in 2015, I changed careers. I was actually working in marketing and then I started to freelance uh, for small businesses in Toronto and I was actually working from home already. And that was, you know, pre-pandemic, I'm already getting used to being at home a lot. And when I was at home, I was really losing focus because my surroundings were bothering me. And I found myself not working and just like decluttering and tidying. And I knew that I had to stop that because it was driving me nuts and I couldn't do what I was supposed to do. Also, I'm a mom. So that's another thing, you know, it gave me that balance of being able to work from home and be there for my son. But his stuff was all over the place. So his stuff combined with my family, it's just, you know, a lot. So I knew that I had to change my life and I did some research and I discovered minimalism. And I also had the book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, but I had gifted that to my mom. I gave that to her in 2014. So that book, it sparked joy for me to purchase as a gift to give to my mom, but of course she never read it. And I remembered I gave it to her and I was like, okay, I am going to read it. But before I read it, I did the research and I discovered the minimalists who have the Netflix show. Anyway, so, you know, that really inspired me. And I thought, you know, I want to live with purpose. I want to do something that really helps people. And, you know, and I want to declutter my home and feel good about living at home too and and focus on what I need to do. So um, I tried their method first. And, you know, I did the, the 30 days. Um, do you know their method? They have a 30-day decluttering challenge. So, so for our background, for our listeners, it's you declutter one item on the first day, two items on the yes. second day, three items on the third day, and, exactly. and et cetera. Until yes. 30 days, yeah. 
And then, um, you know, I got rid of a lot of items, but I still felt like I still had a lot of stuff. And I felt like, okay, I need to try something else. You know, not that their system is bad or anything. It just didn't work for me. So I looked into, you know, Mary Kondo's method. I read the entire book. I did the entire method and did it in my home. And it worked for me. And in the method, you have to, you know, envision your ideal lifestyle. So my ideal lifestyle was to become a minimalist and to live with less and to live with purpose. And that really made me find the life-changing magic, you know, in myself after doing the method. And then I was like, wow, like, I'm so pumped and inspired. I want to know, like, who Mary Kondo is because she changed my life, you know? So I just Googled, Googled her and then, you know, I discovered, oh, I could do this for a living. So I thought, this is a calling. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I want to do this now and um, I'll take my marketing skills and help myself. So, so yeah, I took it from there and, and it really worked. And what were the most challenging areas for you when it oh, came yes. to the clutter? Was it, was it your son's stuff? And, and a side note, I love that you pass on this book to your mom. I mean, despite the oh. fact that she didn't use it, <laughs> but it made you feel happy because you said, hey, there's going to be so many benefits that come out of reading this book. That's true. Yes. I, I think maybe I really, in the back of my mind, wanted it for myself, <laughs> but hoping that my mom would read it, you know, and unfortunately she never read it, but I tried to teach her and some people are not open to it. So, but she sees the benefits and um, she definitely uh, tried it on her own. So, but yeah, some of the areas that were affecting me were the living space because I was working from there and it was like my son's play area. So, you know, com combination of that around me all the time. So that's where I focused in on first. Um, but obviously when I did the method, I did the entire home. Mm, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I remember I gave my mom that book and she like lost it in the mess. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, but that just means that she should do it. Right. Because now she couldn't find the book, but yeah, I know. Like, need a lot of help here. So you oh. were like, always or an organized person. It was kind of something that like became a necessity at some point in your life. To be honest, as a child, I was very tidy and organized. I didn't know how life would be once I started living with other people and especially becoming a mom and accumulating more things. And I wish I had discovered minimalism before even becoming a mom because then I may have thought more about what I'm bringing into the home. But also when it comes to people giving you gifts, right? Like I would have just asked for the things that I really need and and I didn't know exactly what I needed like I got bottle warmers which I never used and you know a lot of things that you think you need but you don't mm -hmm. actually use them so I wish um yeah I discovered the method before my life had evolved to where it's at now but I think living with other people affects how your home can become I think if I was single and alone my home would be always like Perfect. Well, not perfect, but <laughs> we have our days, <laughs> but you know, like I wish I could do that, you know? <laughs> and that's why Lauren and I always say we, got, we have to be mindful of all of our listeners, you know, cause Lauren and I are both living on our own, but yeah, Lauren's lucky. Be, yeah, I know. I know. So it's like, you're lucky. So it's, 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 it's much easier. However, yeah. Lauren's going to the next day. She'll be moving in with her boyfriend soon. So Ooh, she'll be, you know, yeah. that'll be a nice little new challenge. She yeah. doesn't know yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna show up. No, I agree with you 100%. I look at my place because I keep it so perfect. I'm like, I'm yeah. not gonna be able to do this forever. Like, I'm eventually gonna have a family. So, 
Um, for just sure. for, for our listeners who aren't familiar with the KonMari method, mm-hmm. can you give us a little bit of background on the system? For sure. Yeah, so it's a way to declutter and organize your home, choosing what sparks joy, but also, you know, you're going to organize with categories. So it's not going to be organizing by location. And there's five main categories that you're going to go through. So first is clothing, then books, then papers, then kimono, which is miscellaneous items, and then it's sentimental. So the miscellaneous items are everything in your kitchen, your bathroom, your basement, stationery, you know, all of that stuff tied into that huge category. And, um, and you have to do it in order or else it won't work. It's kind of like if you do yoga, I always use this comparison. If you do like Bikram yoga or where there's like an order of positions, it's like, it starts from easiest to the hardest. So you really have to do it in that order in order for it to work. And I love the method because like, it not only changes your home, but it changes your life. So it really like trickles into every aspect of your life and you learn gratitude. So appreciating everything that you have so that you're more mindful of what you end up bringing into your home. You're going to always think about that. But right. yeah, there's, there's so much more. It goes deeper and deeper. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm sure you know that. <laughs> and, it's, and it's organizing by category, right? It, it's, yes. not, it's not where, where it is in the house. You know, it's, it's, going, it's going, I think I believe you said it's five different categories. And that's really yes. smart. And I like the fact that you start from easiest to most challenging because, you know, the whole decluttering and organizing process can seem really, really scary. You know, it's yeah. overwhelming. And, sure. and, and I'm curious, how does it differ from other organizing methods out there yeah I think it just really differs because like you know if you're going to organize location by location then you're not seeing everything that you own Mm. you know everything that you have and you get to reacquaint yourself to the items that may have been hidden in like your storage room closet whatever you know like people tend to store away stuff when it's like out of season and and that sort of thing and sometimes you forget that you do have those things existing, you know, unless you were, you have a really good memory, but I feel like it just allows you to realize what you own in your home and how much of it you have. Mm -hmm. And then really ask yourself, is this something I want to take into my life right now and keep? And does it spark joy? Or is it not serving me? And am I ready to let it go and just live with less, you know? And uh, yeah, it, it also, you know, influences your life afterwards, right? So how you look at your relationships, your, your job, your career, it, it really allows you to look at life in a different way. It has that mindset change that happens within you. Whereas just, you know, traditional organizing um, doesn't allow you to think deeply about those things. I think, you know, having pretty containers looks nice, but if it doesn't actually solve the problem of clutter and where things belong, then, you know, it's not really going to affect you or change you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes yeah. bringing everything together like people are like oh I need an umbrella but they don't realize they have 10 or like how many yes. like <laughs> cutlery or clothes or towels like you really have to visually bring it together to see how much you have to realize sure. how much you need um just out of curiosity I feel like when people have a lot of stuff it's either they've just accumulated stuff over the years and they haven't taken the time to get rid of it um mm-hmm. there's people who just buy too much stuff Mm-hmm. And there's people who actually have that emotional attachment to their thing. So just out of curiosity, like when you work with your clients and they, they have that attachment, how do you 
like mm. help them let go of things. Cause I, I know once people are emotionally, like yeah. my mom is emotionally invested in her items. So it's harder for her to get rid of stuff. I definitely understand that. And I think it's also like a cultural thing too, that's behind it. Like I find like the, you know, the old, some, some of the older generation, they could be true minimalists, but some of them really hold on to things because of the lifestyle that they, or the way that they grew up with what they've been through, you know, um, they worked hard for the things that they have. And it's hard to let go of those things. Cause it kind of like shows, you know, this is, this is what I earned, you know, and some people feel like, Oh, I spent this money on it. Um, I don't feel good about letting go because I worked hard to, to earn what I have, you know, and I, I always tell people, and this is what the KonMari method taught me is that everything serves a purpose at one point and it's like it sparked joy for you the moment you purchased it and maybe it's not sparking joy anymore but I know there's like those sentimental items perhaps they're gifts from people or even you know your loved ones right and you have that guilt um, that you're not able to let go because you're worried that they're gonna wonder what happened to it but I can tell you that they're never gonna ask you <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're never gonna ask you like where is that purse I gave you years ago like are mm -hmm. you using it I don't know if your mom's gonna be like that but <laughs> you know but I feel like when it's like a family heirloom that's really something that's hard to let go of and I understand it's kind of like something that has some memory of your heritage your your you know your your ancestors that you want to keep and continue within the family right and it only if you have someone to pass that on to then it's worth keeping right but if you don't then really like do you really think it sparks joy for yourself to keep right so I try to go a bit deeper with people because sometimes people don't think about like what's going to happen if something happens to yourself like you mm -hmm. know what I mean I don't like to get dark but of course yeah kind of the reality right like um, I have a son and you know as I mentioned before and my my father had passed away before he was born I had to deal with his stuff and I was able to let go of his stuff, but it took a long time. I've kept some of the stuff because it is, you know, still sparking joy. It means a lot to me. Um, and that's what I like about the method. It's no pressure on letting go. Um, and I try not to put pressure on people as well um, when it comes to letting go. But I make them realize, like, is this something that you think, you know, your loved ones will take, you know, and pass on and continue? So, you know, I want to also ask my son, is this something you'd want to keep because I'm not going to keep it forever, right? So I guess just getting that into people's minds, you know, and they might not let it go with me, but they might let it go on their own another time, right? So yeah. what, I, what I love about this method is it involves having these important discussions, right? Asking yeah. yourself these important questions that will help you ultimately change your habits, right? You said it's not just about organizing all of your things beautifully. It's about changing those deep rooted habits that actually aren't serving you so that you can move forward and you can maintain this lifestyle. Also, I love how this method, again, it starts with, I think the order is clothing, books, paper, kimono, which are miscellaneous items, and then, and then sentimental pieces. By starting with clothing and books, you'll feel lighter in so many areas in your home, right? That's so you know? true. It, and then papers, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah. Clothing, usually that's the most items that people have. So it's good to test out your, your decision-making with that. So it might be hard for some people because some clothing is actually sentimental. And I encounter that with everyone that I work with. They always say like, oh, that brings back memories of my vacation. 
you know, and I even had that too. Like I had items where I was like, oh, I bought this when I was in Thailand or like, you know, wherever you've traveled. Right. And I try to help people, you know, realize like, okay, um, it's a great memory that you have, but are you, you know, really going to wear it again? You know, and does it really spark joy still? Like the memory does, but maybe you have a photo of you wearing it and then that's like the memory of it. But yeah, I try to do joy checks with people to help them make those decisions. Yeah, Kelly and I have our own system of how we organize closets. Yes. So basically with the KonMari method, they're just going through and finding the clothes that they spark joy and they still love and wear and use. That's the process for it? Yes. So, you know, you're going to grab everything in your home. You're going to gather all the clothing that you own and you only deal with your stuff. You don't deal with anyone else's stuff. And then, yeah, you simply take each item, really feel if it sparks joy. Um, I know Mary Kondo says it's like an electrifying feeling (laughs) that you might get, but I know that's not really what everyone will feel, but I just say, you know, (laughs) do you love it? Like I, I try to say to people, is this something that is your current style that suits you for your life today? Cause maybe it's something of your past that, you know, you're hoping to wear one day, but it's been like 10 years. So, you know, really like asking yourself, is this really going to be a part of my life for today? You know, and just going through items and I let people choose to keep things in like a maybe pile because they're not Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. But, but I, I tell them afterwards and, you know, they usually end up in the no pile. (laughs) You know, because it didn't spark joy right away, right? And if you had to think about it, that means you're not sure. So, um, but I I let people decide after, you know, is it really going to be something to keep? And yeah, this this method, it's not so much about what you let go of, it's about what you keep. But I think it just really helps you to let go of what's not sparking joy or serving you. Like you, we agree. Most of the maybe items, we actually realize 30 days later that we don't need those items, right? But it's nice to sometimes have that pile to think about it a little bit longer. Give yourself 30 days, pull it out and go through the items, see if you Mm. can sell or donate them. So, uh, you know, I see some benefit there. And, you know, as as you keep doing this and decluttering, because it's not just one declutter of the closet and you're done. It's, you know, this, this involves maintenance. You'll get better at it over time. I definitely agree with that. And, um, you know, we're evolving too as people, right? So like our styles may change as we get older. So yeah, you might end up letting go of more um, later on in life. Yeah. With Kelly and I's closet system, we always try to do by outfits and then oh. divide it by um, occasions. So you'd have your work outfits, your oh, casual outfits, your dress outfits. Oh. And yeah. One of the reasons it works so great for us is that, you know, there, there'd be clothes that I loved, but I just oh. didn't really have something to wear it with or to wear it to. Oh. Whereas once I created those outfits and just rotated them, it streamlines my whole morning. I wore everything in my closet oh. Yeah, it just, because there, there's so many times it's like, oh, I love this top, but the top didn't quite go with anything I owned. And oh, that makes sense. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like that too. <laughs> Laura would say, I'm at the office and I've got this beautiful outfit, but you know, uh, you know, the skirt isn't fitting right. And then you feel uncomfortable and maybe the jacket mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't reach the length of the skirt, you know, and it just, it doesn't feel comfortable. And then she, she figured it out and she's like, we, we need to do this. So yeah. I like that. Yeah. Like getting it down with your shoes and your bag so that I was telling, I told this during the podcast before, but I was wearing a dress to work one time in the winter. It was like a silk dress. 
Yeah. Um, I had a parka on and it, when I was walking, it rode the dress up. Oh, so it looked like no. I was walking around Toronto and just pantyhose. So oh, no. we have to like know what clothes <laughs> go with things and what's comfortable. Right. And it gets down to the yeah. deep. And then when you're shopping, you're like, okay, if I'm going to buy this top, what am I going to wear this top with? Yeah. Where am I going to wear it to? Do I have That's shoes true. to go with it? So sure. it like makes you so, um, like such a detailed shopper. Right. Yeah, for sure. I would imagine. Yeah. I, I go into stores and I come out with nothing because I think too much. <laughs> but that's a good thing, right? I guess. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. The best thing about this lifestyle is you understand what you own because you have more that's awareness right. around what you own and not just in your closet, just in your house. And Lauren and I would go on vacation together and we're the best window shoppers. And it's, ah. it's, it's not because we're, <laughs> we're cheap or we're too frugal. It's because we realize, you know, we don't need anything. And if we do need sure. anything, we are both thinking, oh, let's go into that store. Let's go into that store. And, you know, I think that one of the biggest misconceptions about this lifestyle is that uh, you don't own a lot of things. And if you do own mm. some things, they're not great. And it's like, no, we actually focus on high quality pieces. So yes, Lauren and I will set those goals. We'll be like, we want that beautiful jacket, but we're going to save sure. up and we're going to work hard for this, you know? And I think that's okay. I mean, I love to tell people, no, you can, you can still have nice things. It's just being that's intentional. Right. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah. What I found was that when I was helping people that they were letting go of a lot of the fast fashion clothing and, keep, and yeah, and then keeping the high quality clothing because it lasts. Right. So, so yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like everything that I have now, it's like long lasting, good quality. Um, and yeah, it's something I know that's going to continue on and live for a long time so that um, I'm also, you know, thinking about the footprint that I'm putting into this world, right? Like I don't want to keep for wasting. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm thinking, what are a couple of helpful daily practices you teach your clients to help them maintain their spaces or keep them organized? Yeah. So in the Kanmari method, it's also about creating homes for everything that you have and making sure that you return those things to their home. So I always tell people like, um, you know, I know you have a busy lifestyle, but, you know, to maintain your home, you really got to return those things back to where they belong. It's really just simply putting it where you gave it a home. And I know some people, you know, might not be in the mood to do it right away because of whatever's going on in your life. But I find that, you know, I can tidy a lot quicker because I know where things live. And if you put it back where it belongs, then, then it's tidy. And then I also help people to practice gratitude because I find that helps to, you know, just appreciate everything that you own instead of going out and buying more. Because I think there's this drive of always searching for happiness, purchasing, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and then it's just like, you know, that temporary feeling of happiness. And um, sometimes you just have to think like, I have everything that I want, you know, why do I need to keep going out and buying and buying? And I think just realizing like what other things you can do to fill that time instead of shopping, you know, so just gaining that gratitude of what you have, you know, will change you. So um, those are the two main things that I tell people. Yeah, I feel like when everything has a space in your home, you can get cleaned up so quickly. It's amazing. Yes. yes. But yeah, like, I mean, you know, when I do my daily routines, like things will, you know, end up on the counter and wherever, you know, because I'm doing things. But when I, you know, 
have the time to put it back, it's quick. And then I tell people that I'm like, it's, it's possible to maintain this as long as you make an effort to put things back. And if you live with other people, it's also telling them you need to put things back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone's different. Like, you know, sometimes it could just be what's going on in your mind. That is kind of like a reflection of why your place looks like the way it does. Um, you know, we all go through stuff and sometimes tidying things is not priority, but tidying will um, really influence the way you feel, right? Um, your environment really affects your mind. So, um, so yeah, you'll get to it eventually, right? But I tell people, be gentle with yourself, um, but just bring it back where it belongs. <laughs> Absolutely. I actually, I always joke because Lauren has one pen. She always knows oh. where that one pen is. She's got a home for her pen. She's got a home for everything. Oh. For me, I'd prefer to have two pens just in case you lose one. But oh. and Lauren also, Order. she always jokes that she has like one spoon and one fork and one knife. And people are always like, I want to see Lauren's cutlery drawer because oh. it's hilarious. Oh, that's interesting. She's more I of an extremist. Been, you're I extremely minimalist. I have a whole set of cutlery. I guess just oh. Okay. I just bought one set of cutlery and to oh, okay. it looks so minimal because I feel like people have a lot more cutlery, but it, uh, yeah, it's like the running joke. Okay. <laughs> so I spoke to a fellow KonMari consultant named Lisa Celevides and she oh, is yes. out of Manhattan. NYC, yes. Yeah. And uh, and she, she was talking about how, and you touched on this, how tidying is an effective form of therapy. And yeah, I, I believe you would agree with that. And, and I'm curious, uh, what are some of the greatest benefits you have received mentally by living with less? Yeah. So I have had better sleep. Um, because my surroundings let me really calm down at night. You definitely have less anxiety. You're not worrying too much about where things are. And also because you're not going to waste time anymore finding things, right? So it's it's better when you know where things are so you can find things easily and not waste time. Sometimes people have to find things that they don't plan on looking for and they waste time looking for it. Like could be like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, who knows? And it's like that one important thing that you just don't know where where it belongs. But I have gained time for sure as well. I'm able to have more balance in my life. So, you know, as a mom and also, you know, working for myself, I'm able to have that balance that I need to be there, you know, for my son to run a business, you know, and maintain the home. Um, I find that I have time for self-care as well. And I, you know, I can do yoga Um, I can go to the gym and being able to use that time instead of wasting it on what's going on in your home, like tidying and and doing laundry and all those chores that need to get done in order to maintain, um, I've gained time and clarity as well. My mind can focus better on what I need to do. I'm no longer like a scatterbrain (laughs) because of all the things I had to think about. It really helps you, yes, to focus on on whatever tasks you have, and um, more joy in my life. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Definitely more joy. Um, I really felt like because I chose to have joy within my home, I chose joy for everything else in my life, and it helped me to really deal with, you know, things that would just come at me a lot better. Like you know, we all go through. Um, problems in life and sometimes it's unexpected we can control so much and some things we can't control but because of the way I started thinking um, I really tried 
my best to, you know, always think that eventually joy will happen, even though I'm going through this. Uh, I'm going to search for that joy. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep going for it. So I found that more positive things happen to me when I started thinking that way. It's it's amazing how the mind can work and influence what you bring into your or what opportunities you can have in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I gained a lot of great opportunities that I never thought I would have. And it was because I chose joy always and everything. (laughs) Oh, that's so beautiful. And I'm sure that a lot of the people that you work with have shared some amazing feedback with you as well. When it's not just, oh, I love my space. It's so tidy. It's, it's deep down. You've helped them shift their mindset. You help them with their habits. You're there with them, helping them through the process so that they can gain the skills they need to maintain this, which is, is rare. I think a lot of organizers, they, they, they organize and then they leave. And that's not a successful (laughs) method because people are not learning. Yeah. And yeah, like Lisa, she, she probably, you know, said this is like being a kind of like a therapist, even though I'm not a therapist, but it's definitely therapy because we get very um, close to our clients. We talk a lot about our lives and I open up as well because I also want my clients to know what I've experienced and how my life changed as well. Um, So yeah, you get deeper and uh, it's nice to have that, you know, that relationship as well. And, um, and yeah, I've seen it happen in my clients where their life changed, it transformed, even as we were going through the process, it was almost like they knew that they wanted, you know, a change, but also in other areas of their life. So like, I I had a client where uh, she was in a relationship with someone. And then while we were doing the process, she actually like, decided that she no longer wanted to be in that relationship. She also uh, was in a career that she wasn't happy with. It paid well, but she wasn't totally happy. She decided to uh, enroll into school again, and she decided to go back to school and left her, her job. So, you know, she did a huge shift. It was like she left her partner left her job, (laughs) had a, you know, new possible career studying again, and she moved to the other side of the country. So I was amazed because we were in this process together. And all of a sudden, this is what's what it's doing to her. You know, it gave her the confidence to make the changes in her life. We like to say that minimalism is a lifestyle template. Yes. It is an opportunity to start fresh. And what, I mean, once you start decluttering, it becomes a blank slate. However, a lot of people think, oh yeah, okay, so I've decluttered, you know, everything's great now. But what you realize is now that you have all this newfound space, you have to think about, okay, so how can I be more intentional in my everyday? So, you know, with Lauren and I, we don't just help people simplify their lives. We help them live more intentionally once they've simplified the clutter in their lives, which is super, super rewarding. It's like the most rewarding part. And I'm sure it's what motivates you every day. Definitely. Yeah. It's the reason also behind why I do what I do. You know, I, I think it gives us such great purpose helping people and it's so meaningful. Yeah, I feel like the beauty of what you do too, like it's so tempting to just organize your space and go buy all these pretty boxes and like come home and everything's beautifully done. But mm-hmm. like you're getting to the root of the problem. It's like, why are you buying so much stuff in the first place and creating that clear space, having only what you need? And like you said with your client, like it's that that opens up other areas of your life. Shopping and possessions can almost be an addiction that are masking so many areas. And when you get rid of that, you have to dig down and figure out what's going on in your life and why you're using that as a crutch. So yeah, Yeah. it's 
for what it does. It's true. Yeah. I love the changes that I see in people every time I work with someone. And it's interesting when some people are skeptical, like even the family members or, you know, people who live in the home, they're like, really, is this going to change things? And then they see the change that happens. And even though they're not doing it, it influences them. It's like an, it, it uh, rubs off on the other people within the home to do the same thing because they see the change happening to the person who wants to do it. Mm-hmm. We say Which lead by fun. example. It's the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I like that. <laughs> it's so great talking to you guys about this because like, I'm so passionate about this. And you know, when I get into the organizing world, I, I really miss talking about minimalism because that's, mm-hmm. that's the core of what I do. So um, not everyone that I work with wants to be a minimalist. I always say, you know, just envision the way you want to live your life, right? Because that's what Kanmari has taught me. But yeah, I love talking minimalism because it's, it's really um, behind everything and how I started and, and the minimalist lifestyle looks different for everyone and it's similar, true. similar to you. Cause I, I read, I read on your, on your blog that you mm-hmm. are very much someone who you, you were always a tidy person. You were almost like a natural minimalist in a way. And that's what, who Lauren is. Lauren has always ah, lived oh. simply and, and, and she's the one who inspired me to adopt this lifestyle. And I like to oh, say, I, I adopted this lifestyle in 2018 and oh, my nice. life is transformed. And as you Amazing. said, it was the best reset on my life. It was the best form of Amazing. therapy. And again, it looks different for everyone. So when I, I find it funny when people say, oh, I don't want to be minimalist. It's, it's not that you're, you don't have to be labor yourself a minimalist. It's, it's really saying, Hey, do I want to live simply and live an intentional life? Of course. Right. Who yes. doesn't? Yes, yeah. exactly. I know yeah. they think that you, you just don't want to have anything at all, like nothing. And it's like, no, but you're intentional about everything that you choose to have. Right. So, but yeah, like ha- having an intentional life is really what it is. I know Lauren has some specifics about the kitchen and, and the bathroom. Oh, so we'll go into that. I just wanted to ask a few tips on those. Cause we get a lot of questions from our listeners too, um, oh. about how to simplify the kitchen. Like people will buy ingredients in bulk and they'll go bad or they don't know whether to use canisters or like what kind of, what are your tips for keeping the kitchen like simple and clutter free and organized? Yes. So, you know, whenever I work with people, I always find that there's always expired items and it's just because, you know, life gets busy. You don't have the time to really go through everything. So you just take everything out of your pantry. You want to go through all of the items, make sure they're still good to use and then let go of what what you don't need. And then when you're going to buy again, buy for what you need and not in bulk. I, I know people might have their, you know, their Costco membership or, you know, stuff like that. And nothing wrong with that. But I find that sometimes um, you buy so much in bulk thinking, you know, it's on sale. I can get a huge quantity. And then sometimes it gets bad, like things get bad and then you can't use it anymore. So then you're wasting money, you're wasting space. So I like to just, you know, buy what I need. And if you do need that extra whatever, then just buy one more of it. Don't buy like too much of it. And you want to decant items as well. Take things out of their boxes or whatever packaging it came in. And if you have like, not like you have to go out and buy organizing items like canisters and everything to put them in. But if you have like jars already, like, you know, if you finish that pasta that came in a jar, you can use the jar and fill it up with whatever dry goods you have, like if you want to do it that way. I mean, everyone has a different budget lifestyle, but I always say use what you have 
And you'll realize maybe you didn't even need those things to put them in. But yeah, like go through everything, make sure it's still good to use. And then you'll see that you'll have more space. And then even when it comes to the kitchen tools, um, obviously take everything out as well and see what's still you know, good to use. Um, I know not everything is going to spark joy because it's just what you need to use. You know, and you might see you'll have doubles of something and pick the one that sparks joy and then let go of the one <laughs> that doesn't um, and works well. So, um, you know, I, I say do it in stages, like do the pantry first so that you have room on the counter and then do the rest of your, your kitchen, like go through the drawers. Once you're done that, go through the cupboards, try to do that in stages because it can get really chaotic when everything's out. And the bathroom, it acts like the pantry too, because even skincare products can expire as well. Um, I don't know if everyone looks on the back of the bottles. They do have um, maybe like a 12 month or a six month, you know, on the back. And it's like a picture of like, um, it looks like a skincare little case opened, but people don't really look at the back, right? But usually there's expiry dates and you might not remember when you opened it, but give it a good smell and you'll know when it's not good anymore. Let go of those items. And again, buy for what you need. And if you decide to buy anything new to try out, because I know I like to try new skincare products to see what works for me, uh, get the small bottle first. Don't, and if you can get a sample, get a sample. If you can't, buy a small bottle, don't buy a big bottle, because then it's a waste. And then you'll just have to deal with getting rid of that. So again, take items out of boxes, packaging, and you'll save space that way as well. As women, it's so hard because there's so many products we end up with in the bathroom. But yeah. I always like with my rule, I'm like, you cannot try another product until you finish this one. And then you can. True. Start yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, um, whenever I use uh, facial wash, you know, and maybe it wasn't really working for me, you know, like sometimes I use bars of soap as well. I like to use stuff with less packaging or no packaging. So I'll use that temporarily. I'll ask, you know, my family, like, you want to try this out? Maybe it works for you. So it's not a total waste. But yeah, I try to finish what I have first and then buy new. And I tell my clients that as well. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us, we, you know, we'll buy a product and we'll use it once and then we'll leave it in the back of our, you know, under our sink, you know, and it just adds up and adds up and adds up. And, you know, I, I, I grew up with that, you know, my mom and I, we'd buy a bunch of stuff and all of it would get old. And I have a father who thinks nothing expires. He's like, it expires. It's fine. I mean, it's free. I'm like, no dad, there's actually an expiry date, you know, I like push it through. And also, especially with food, you got to be careful with food. Nobody Nobody wants food poisoning, okay? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then there's also like all of the medicine and, you know, vitamins that you take, right? You want to make right. sure that you're taking what's good for you as well still. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so there's lots of things that get bad and that makes it easier to let go of because it's bad already. You don't have to question it. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I think a lot of us out there, I mean, I think a lot of people are curious. You met Marie Kondo. What oh, yes. was that experience like? I think whenever oh, we speak gosh. of minimalism, we're like, oh yeah, they're always like, oh, Marie Kondo. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's more, more than Marie Kondo out there. But I'm so curious, like, what is she like? Yeah. Oh woman. my gosh. Well, you know, when I met her, it was in 2017 when I started my training in uh, New York City. And, uh, she does like the opening remarks um, at the at the training session. And, um, you know, she speaks 
Japanese mostly because uh, she's, I don't know if her level of English has, has gotten better. I haven't seen her since like 2018, but in 2017, when I did get to, you know, go up to her and meet her, I, oh, I was such a fangirl. Oh my God. I, I guess I, <laughs> I couldn't help it. Like, I was just like, I hope you understand what I'm saying, but you changed my life. Like, <laughs> you know, I just couldn't help it. And I think she knew, I think she could feel the vibe. Like she knew, you know, and she knew that she did that to everyone in the room. There was like 200 plus people in the room. And uh, I was amazed at how much people at that time knew about her and the book. And uh, yeah, I, I was a fangirl and I was just, oh, I couldn't help it. And then I met her again in 2018 because um, the certified KonMari consultants got to meet up. And this was like pre her Netflix show. We, we got to see her again before all of that happened. And we weren't even prepared for that. Like we knew about it, but we weren't really sure like how big it was gonna get. Um, but at that time, uh, you know, she's so lovely. She's so nice. And you just wanna listen to her speak Japanese. Like she has a translator. Um, but it's just so, it's so beautiful hearing the language and then like watching her. She's just so lovely and uh, definitely gives off a very good vibe and it just transcends throughout the room. Well, it's yeah. great to hear that she was very, very calming. And, and also, it's also great to hear that the, the topic of minimalism was so popular then. I mean, that's when we started our podcast in 2018 and it's only grown from there. And I, I have a quick question for you. Uh, yes. You know, you've been in this business for a little while now and yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that your business has really picked up during COVID because people need help working from home. Yes, for sure. Well, it's picked up more virtually than in person when things were on in lockdown. Unfortunately, I had to like stop myself from entering homes. I wasn't allowed to, but things are back to almost normal again and it's really the comfort level of people like you know I always tell people like you know I'll come in and I'll wear a mask if you want mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah I think people are starting to just want to live normally again and they're fine with that but yeah things did really pick up and it was great to be able to you know pivot to virtual because of the pandemic and reach out to more people who don't live in Toronto you know, and help others just anywhere. So um, I'm really thankful for that. And uh, hopefully that just continues. Now that people are working from home, I know you help them organize their workspace as well, like both in business and at home. Like what are kind of your tips? I know with me, when I work, like I need a blank slate around me. So I have yeah. so much going on in my mind. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the same thing. I tell people you have to clear your desk every time you finish. So, you know, keep it minimal because it's also like, because I know for myself, like I was distracted by having too many things around me. So if you deal with a lot of paper, you're going to want to make sure that lives not on the surface of your desk, make sure that it lives somewhere within your office or wherever, like underneath maybe your desk. If you have like file folders, give those a home. Um, but I find that people don't work with a lot of paper anymore. It's all digital. So then it becomes like, what's in your laptop. <laughs> but I always tell people, um, you know, if you're going to work on your desk, make sure it's just really your laptop, your cup of coffee, <laughs> and your notebook and a pen. And that's all you really need to work with, unless I, you're, you're dealing with other things, you know, it really depends on your, your line of work. But I find that if you're working from home, that's basically all you need. And just put it away when you're done. You just described Lauren. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful little we're so alike, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you 
<laughs> just yeah it's beautiful i mean lauren has her computer we have the same computer lauren and i have very similar wardrobe in the ways and very similar like stuff in our lives we used to have oh, the same cool. computer same bag we're, we're same shoe size it's, it's like wow. um, but that's so fun <laughs> although we have different styles she likes oh. to call me like more athleisure and lauren is more <gasps> like very um elegant style. Okay. sorry what'd you say lauren Oh, I said, I like to dress like an old woman. Oh, <laughs> I didn't hear old woman. I never heard elegant, but oh, oh that's so funny. I'll take it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Sophisticated, that's so more sophisticated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I always think with workspace too, like I'll just grab my laptop and go to a coffee shop and get a cup of coffee. Like that's all I need to work. So like, why would you have any more than that at home? It's true. Yeah. I actually do prefer to work in a coffee shop than at home because I like seeing people. I think that's the one thing I do miss is just seeing people, you know, mm -hmm. when you work for yourself, you know, I do get to see my clients, but sometimes it's just the two of us or sometimes they're busy and I'm doing the organizing thing and I'm just doing my thing and I'm doing the myth. Like I'm not doing the method. I'm following the principles for them. Right. And, uh, you know, I spend time a lot on my own. So I do like going to the coffee shop and uh, being around people, but you do just bring your laptop really. And that's all you need at home too. Very, very simple. I love it. And yeah. you, you, you kind of touched on digital clutter. That's an area that I'm working on. Uh, we've, we've definitely, <laughs> we've definitely, I've definitely progressed since four years ago. I've definitely come a long way, but again, this yeah. lifestyle requires maintenance and it, does. it really yeah. does. And, and I wanted to let our listeners know, you, you mentioned that your business has been picking up virtually, obviously they can reach out to you. And I want to, I want to let, I'm, I'm hoping you can let us know where our audience can connect with you. And I also want to <laughs> mention to our audience that uh, you have an awesome Instagram um, Aww, at modern and minimalist. Yeah. Oh, modern yes. and, minimalist. and you post images of home organization, interior design and decor. And there's so many great ideas that I come from your, your Instagram. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, like I started the Instagram account when I started becoming a minimalist, because if you, there's so many pictures, you're not going to go all the way back. Maybe you will, but um, I was tracking my journey. The first few posts, I was actually tracking my journey and I named my business after that Instagram account because that's what I wanted to do from the start. Just like track my minimalist journey in life. And then it became my career. Um, but yeah, I love to share home inspiration. I just like to get that in people's minds that, you know, it's possible to live this way. It might not be like exactly like that, but you know, it's a motivation to have, you know, that you can, you know, have the, the lifestyle that you want. So, you know, I post images of, um, you know, places that I like, and then also of my home, and then uh, clients that I've worked with. Um, I like to mix it up and, and get people uh, inspired. But yeah, you can find me there or modernandminimalist.com. Perfect. That's awesome. That's awesome. I know we, we, Lauren and I need to take more images of the things like that. I mean, we, I, I love Lauren has the most beautiful minimalist home. Uh, and so, share it's, that. It's so it's so nice to show images of her place. And yes. I'm always going to ask, show more of your place. And I, I have been recently. Uh, I don't, I don't live in my dream apartment. I think that, I think I've, Lauren loves my apartment. So I appreciate that. You should share it. Uh, I've done the best I can with the bones of my space, I guess you could say. But at the end of the day, I think we can all agree here that 
living with less, you just feel lighter. Again, you, you can feel more focused. Even in this conversation, yeah. I'm not getting derailed by DMs or notifications <laughs> or Amazing. noises or clutter around me. I mean, look at your space. Your space, Michelle, is, I mean, oh. I, I, we're going to have a share <laughs> clip of this video eventually, but you, it's so beautiful. So again, thank we want to thank you so much for being here today. This has been oh. such a great conversation and hopefully thank we can do this much. again in the near future. Oh, I would love to. It's so great meeting you two. And I'm so glad that I discovered you guys as well because I love to talk minimalism and I, I would love to do that again. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you so much again and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Take talk care. Now. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. That was our conversation with fellow minimalist and KonMari consultant, Michelle Delory. And if you'd like to learn more about Michelle and her virtual or in-home services, please check out her website at modernandminimalist.com. You can find this link in our show notes and other helpful links to help you learn more about the KonMari way of tidying and organizing. And to close our episode today, I want to say a big thank you to all of you who have written us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. We love hearing from you and learning about how our podcast has inspired you. Your words really help us keep motivated and also help our podcast grow. So thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.